ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Thanks for joining me again on the No Higher Calling podcast. Today we are continuing our study of Psalm 23, the Shepherd's Psalm. We have looked at the first verse in its complete entirety, January looking at the phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. February, we dove into the phrase, I shall not want. Um, Really just in those first two episodes, starting out the study, with the Lord is my shepherd. How, what of a, a loaded statement that is. And the reality if that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal savior, your shepherd, the shepherd of your soul, that that's foundational. Um, get that taken care of in your heart and in your life. And if you are at all unsure or not confident in saying with full assurance that the Lord is your shepherd, to reach out to someone that can help you answer that question with assurance. Um, and if you don't have anyone, feel free to reach out to me at nohighercallingpodcast at gmail.com. I would love nothing more than to be able to tell you how I know for sure that Christ is my shepherd and how he can be yours. Then we transitioned into I shall not want, not desiring anything else. I'm not trying to fill a void with anything else that this world has to offer, Um, but realizing that Christ is enough. Christ is sufficient. Christ meets every need. Everything that we could ever need or want is found, is um, satisfied in Christ learning to have a contented heart, a grateful heart, a satisfied heart in our shepherd. We don't have to want or lack or need of anything because Christ is our shepherd. So today we're going to be jumping into the phrase, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And this is just so rich, so good. I've said it in the last two episodes, um, but maybe you're just now jumping in, or maybe it's been a month since you listened to the last Psalm 23 episode. So let me remind you, I know this is a familiar Psalm. I understand that. And honestly, I wrestled with that when I felt like the Lord was asking me to study through this Psalm on the podcast, because I just thought, Lord, there are so many other things um, that maybe I thought were more relevant or more helpful, or were maybe something that was less frequently studied. Like why would the women want to listen to Psalm 23 when they can find so many other resources addressing this. Um, But as I've said a thousand times before, the podcast is simply an overflow of what Christ is doing in my life and in my walk with him. And what he is using in my life right now is Psalm 23. And so I felt the prompting from the Holy Spirit to just share this with you via the podcast avenue. And it has encouraged my heart. You know, they say that there's no better way to fully internalize something than to teach it to somebody else. And I know that this isn't a classroom setting. I'm not looking you in the face, um, you know, giving a lecture. We're not even sharing a cup of tea, enjoying, you know, a beautiful afternoon together across from the table. Um, This is a podcast outlet, a source. So I don't really see you, but in a way I am teaching. I am taking the information, taking the truths that God is teaching me through his word, processing it through my heart, meditating on it in my mind, and then putting that in a way that I can then pass on to others the truths that God has taught me. And that is 
what we are to be doing as Christians. We are not to just soak and soak and soak and and get it just for ourselves, but we are to get it for ourselves and then pass it on to others to be a conduit of the truth that God is teaching to us. So that's what's happening in this Psalm 23 Bible study. And I pray that it has been a blessing to you as much as it has been to me. Um, if it has, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear specifically maybe what the Lord is teaching you um, because God God shows each of us different um, aspects of his truth as we dig in. And I think it's so neat. I was thinking the other day about a diamond and how a diamond is a diamond. But when you when you look at it closely, when you look at it under that microscope, there are so many angles and facets and um, different ways that you can look at that diamond and see glimpses of different aspects of its beauty, of its um, rarity, of its preciousness. And that's the same way with God's word. I might look at it from one angle and you might look at it from another angle and this author might have a different little angle. And, you know, as we combine all of that um, with what we're learning in scripture, with prayer and meditation and asking God to illumine to us what he's trying to teach us, we get these glimpses. Um, so that's what I'm sharing with you today. I have been pouring over the Psalm 23 passage. We're going to read that in a minute. I'm going to show you some of what God has showed me, some different things I've gleaned from others as uh, some of the resources that I have for this. This study is A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. Fantastic book. Every Christian should have this book in their homes. Read it. Have it on your bookshelf as a resource. It's linked down in the show notes. Um, and then the other one is The Heart of the Shepherd by Stephen Chapel. That's another really good one. But before we jump in too much here, I just want to read Psalm 23 in case maybe you're cleaning or driving or chasing around children, whatever it is that you may be doing. I am going to read this for us and then we'll dive into uh, our specific topic today. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So today's episode, we are going to focus in specifically on the phrase, he maketh me lie down in green pastures. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, that might be something that as we're reading this, obviously it has a lot of connotation of sheep and shepherd and, you know, surface level we see, okay, we're like the sheep. Christ is like the shepherd, but some of these like nitty gritty, um, things that are very characteristic of the animal sheep we might not think so much about ourselves. Like, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Okay, of course the animal sheep needs to lie down in green pastures for rest, for nourishment, um, for um, recouping from the walking and the traveling and the moving, all the different things that the herd does, the flock does. But for me personally, as a human, uh, what does lying down in green pastures, what does that have 
for us as women today. And as I was really gleaning in and trying to get all that God had for me in this, um, it just got richer and sweeter the more that I dug into this. But I want to read a little passage here, a little excerpt from the book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by Philip Keller. He talks about uh, reasons that the sheep would need to rest, reasons why they would need to lie down. He says, owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free of all fear, they being sheep here. So it goes on to say, because of the social behavior within a flock, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies, parasites, sheep will not lie down. Only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel in need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. So is just saying here that sheep cannot and will not rest if uh, there's friction, if there's strife within the flock. They can't rest if there is um, turmoil or circumstantial distractions, parasites, um, things interfering with them being able to rest and, you know, situations, outside hindrances from them being able to rest and lie down in these green pastures. And then if they're they feel like they need to find food if they're hungry. Basically, the sheep needs to be completely satisfied, content, and at peace to be able to lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep will worry to the point of neglecting to rest, whatever that worry might be, whether it's food or it's the parasites or it's strife within the flock. And as we go through this Psalm 23, we will talk a little bit more about some different aspects, things that we can glean out of, things that would keep them in in an anxious state, um, but they literally will get so anxious to the point that they neglect their rest. And I think right there we can say, well, I've been there. I know I have. There have been times where uh, maybe it's strife with, with a family member or friends or someone in our church or, or someone at your workplace. Um, maybe it is it is an outside pestilence, something that is that is hindering you from being able to be at peace, to find that contentment, um, something that is just constantly plaguing you and, you know, ringing in your ear, constantly nabbing for your attention. Or maybe it's just this need of... of feeling like we need something. We aren't full. We aren't satiated. And this ties all the way back into our last Psalm 23 episode of I shall not want, finding that complete satisfaction in Christ, in the shepherd. You know, there were really great benefits to being close to the shepherd because only he knew where the green pastures were located. Why? Because he created them. Our shepherd, our shepherd created these green pastures. He carefully manicured them for the blessing of his flock. There is no substitute for the awareness that the shepherd is nearby. And this is really speaking in greater picture, the shepherd of our souls. You know, when we are close to our shepherd, he he provides the the freedom from the anxiety, the rest, the contentment, the safety, the security. There is no substitute for knowing that the shepherd is nearby. But for the sheep, it is the same thing. You know, the the shepherd goes before the sheep. And again, as we I, like I, I said, um, as we dig into this and get into this deeper, we'll see different glimpses of the way the shepherd goes before them, making their way straight, making their way plain, preparing the way for the sheep. Um, but when it says that he makes them to lie down in green pastures, the shepherd has went before them. The shepherd knows where the green pastures are. He has made sure that it is it is safe from um, from predators, things that would try to prey on the sheep. 
sheep, that it is going to be the right type of grass for them that that will be healthy for them to eat. So as these sheep have the awareness of their closeness to the shepherd, as he leads them into these green pastures, they can be at complete rest and peace, trusting that their shepherd knows what's best for them and has the best intent for them. Stephen Chappell said in his book, worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. I heard one time that, and I can't even remember what the statistic was, but I mean, it was some high number, like 90% or more. I think it was even more um, percent of the things that we worry about never even come to pass. And I know looking back over my life story time and time again, when I think of things that I worried about, um, they never even happened or they just, God worked in a way that I never would have expected, especially as we transitioned to Australia and our move and all of that. There were so many things that could keep my heart in a constant state of anxiety. Even being here, that does not mean that it's over. Um, we have new things, new worries, new concerns, but something that God has taught me by experience, is that so many of those things that I worried about, that I stressed about, that I just thought, Lord, there's no way that this is going to work out smoothly, easily, um, that it's going to come together. God did it. God did it for me. And in a way that really was completely hands off of myself, that I could not have done, Christ did. And it, it endeared my heart to my shepherd. It gave me a greater trust in my shepherd because I saw once again, the shepherd in action, taking care of me. You know, David, as as the shepherd of this flock, this physical flock of sheep, the shepherd David knew the topography of the land. He knew the hills. He knew the valleys. He knew the dry spots. He knew the waters. He knew the still, the lush green grass. The shepherd David knew the topography of the land, but the Lord, our shepherd, knows the topography of our lives. And a few months ago, Simeon and I had actually studied through Psalm 23 together. And this was something that the Lord kind of gave to Simeon that I've been really just kind of thinking on. As we were studying this, Simeon made the, brought out the point of the fact that our shepherd, the shepherd who knows the topography of our lives, comparing it to the shepherd in the flock, how the David, the shepherd with his physical flock knew Like I said, he knew the path that the sheep would take. He knew the point where it was just a little further, just a little further. Just hang in there, little more sheep. I know you're tired. I know you're thirsty. But just over this crest, just over the next hill, you will find lush green grass. You will find still waters where you can be refreshed, where you can be restored. The shepherd knew that. And the shepherd not only had went before to get that knowledge, but he came back and he walked along with his his sheep, cheering them on bringing them along. Come on, just a little bit further. Trust me. Lean on my knowledge. Trust my heart for you. It's right around the bend. I know exactly what you need and I know when you need it and I will provide. And that's the same thing with with Christ, our shepherd, knowing the topography of our lives. There are times in our lives where there are barren valleys, where there are times of drought, where there are times of what feels like wilderness wanderings, where we're looping and looping around in circles, where we're like, Lord, I can't hang on anymore. I'm so tired. I'm so thirsty. I am so desperate to have my soul restored, to be replenished. And Christ is with us. And he's like, I've walked this. 
I've, I've been there. I know. I've been, in, I've been tempted in all manners like as you have been. I know what it's like to be human. I know what it's like to feel what you're feeling, but hang on there. I've been before you. I know the path that I have for you. I, I know the plans. I know the way that I have for you. It says in Isaiah 55, Trust me, lean on me, lean on my strength, cast your cares upon me, take my yoke upon you. It's easy, my burden is light. Lean on me, let me bear the heaviness of it, and trust me because right around the corner, you are going to find the rest that your soul needs. And as our shepherd knows the topography of our lives, there are those hills, there are those valleys, there are those days of sunshine, there's those days of sorrow, there are days of plenty, and there are days of barrenness, but God knows that and God does all things for our good and for his glory whether our brains can comprehend that or not the truth stands and if you are in a barren place hang on hang on trust the heart of your shepherd walk beside him lean on his strength and let your heart find peace in knowing that he does all things well that he is with you that he is for you that he promises that he will always go with you we need not fear. We need not worry. We need not allow anxiety to take over our hearts because he makes us to lie down in green pastures. He leads us there. He allows us. And you know, something interesting as I was studying this word maketh. So it almost, in my mind, it brought across the the idea of maybe like force, but but our shepherd never forces us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't pin the sheep down and, you know, lay down. You're going to rest. No, he so lovingly and tenderly brings the sheep to the point of, I, the sheep realizes I have to rest. I am tired. My physical being, my my emotional being, my spiritual being, if we're transitioning to us as human beings, we need that rest. In creating us to require rest, Christ reveals our dependency and limitations, yet his sufficiency. He tells us to rest in him because we are so prone to do things in our own strength. Do you tend to do things in your own strength? I mean, both of my hands are raised here. I so often go into autopilot and autopilot is just Brittany moving forward in her own strength, trying to do all the things. And then I wonder at the end of the day, why do I feel so burnt out? Why am I lacking that rest? Why did I not lie down in the green pasture? And then it hits me. Oh, it's because I wasn't leaning on my shepherd. I wasn't resting in him. I was doing it in my own strength. And my strength is weak. My strength is insufficient, but his is sufficient. I remember a while back, we just had so many things going on and really that hasn't changed. I, you know, you think seasons come and seasons go and maybe it'll, it'll lighten up, but the life changes dynamics, changes circumstances, changes seasons. But I think busyness just follows us. It's just the nature of our world, the nature of us as human beings. Um, but in this particular season, I was really struggling with the idea of, I just don't have time to rest. I just kept telling my husband, if I did not have to sleep, do you realize how much more productive I could be? Now, I'm not saying that you and the kids shouldn't sleep. Like if I'm going to be productive, you guys need your eight hours of rest. But if I could somehow figure out a way to not require sleep, so much more could be accomplished. Um, But God did not create us that way. God created us to require rest. And I think there are so many reasons for that. But one of the biggest reasons is that our 
complete dependency upon rest, we have to have rest. You can go so long, but then you crash. You you have that crash and burn. It reveals the fact that we are dependent, that we do have limitations, but that he is sufficient. And when I say rest, when we talk about lying down in these green pastures, um, the application for us is not just, oh, I'm going to fall over in soft grass and take a nap. Now, while I think that sounds absolutely wonderful and you might give a hearty amen right there, um, there's nothing quite like a nap, especially in the midst of busyness with littles. I would love a nice nap in beautiful, luscious green grass. But life doesn't always afford that that uh, extra amount of physical rest. So where does that leave us? Does that leave us spinning our wheels tirelessly? Does that leave us ignoring this dependency, ignoring our limitations, and just striving and striving and striving and striving? No. The amazing thing about rest is the fact that the rest is in our shepherd. He is the rest. He gives soul rest, which provides a deep well that we can draw from as we rest in him, not necessarily sleeping. Now I'm all for getting sleep. Try to get as much sleep as you can in the night. If you need a nap, try to get a nap. But sometimes life's demands Don't allow for that all the time. But we need to find soul rest, finding a rest in Christ. And this doesn't look like just a a mental or a physical checkout. This is a rest that is not ceasing from activity, but it is wholly depending upon God in the midst of the activity. He says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So what do we have to do? We have to come unto him, come unto his word, spend time with him in prayer. Even in the midst of the busyness, in the midst of activity, we can find rest as we bring Christ into that as we walk step by step by step with him. I find myself often having this dialogue with the Lord, um, whether I'm folding laundry or changing diapers or trying to potty train or homeschool or all the different things that life brings like, Lord, my strength is not sufficient. I do not have the patience. I do not have the joy. I sometimes don't even have the desire that I should have to meet the demands of my day. Even things that I enjoy doing, things that, you know, the, the podcast, that I would find no higher calling in doing anything other than what I'm doing, but it can get wearisome. It can get, I'm feeling just like a drudgery of the day in, day out, mundane, But realizing um, that there is worship, that there is kingdom work in everything that I do, but that true worship is brought about when I lean on him, when I come unto him and I find his rest and I find his strength unto my soul, that even in my weakness and my recognizing of my own dependency and limitations and leaning on his sufficiency, that in and of itself is an act of worship because I am coming to him saying, Lord, I know that I am not enough, but you are. You are the shepherd of my soul. You are enough. I shall not want. I shall not lack. I shall not look for anything other than you. And in this moment, when I have all the plates spinning and I feel like I'm going to drop them, I want you to enter into this with me. Give me the soul rest. Replenish my soul. Minister to my soul. And and this, this mental conversation leads my heart 
to worship leads my heart to rest, to lie down in green pastures in the midst of strawberry juice all over the floor and math papers all over the table and a messy bun and spit up. (laughs) This is where I enter into worship with my shepherd because I am walking with him. I am finding rest in him. Uh, I found this quote, uh, old quote from Augustine. It says, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in thee. Have you been there, ladies? Have you been restless? Maybe are you restless? Are you restless today? I know that this is something that I am currently struggling with in my own life is this restlessness. If you're restless, let me challenge all of us find our rest in him. Find rest in the shepherd. Psalm 4, 8 says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou Lord only makest me dwell in safety. We talked about that a little bit at the beginning about how the sheep cannot rest if they don't feel safe and secure. We can find that in the Lord. We find that in Christ that we can lay down, that we can even sleep this physical rest for our bodies, that we can have that because we have this deep peace and contentment and assurance and trust in our shepherd. Ezekiel 34 4, 15, and 16 says, I will feed my flock and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. I will seek that which was lost and bring again that which was driven away and will bind up that which was broken and will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will feed them with judgment. God says he will take care of his flock. He causes them to lie down. Again, this make, not meaning that, you know, forcing to rest, but literally the fabric of how he made us, how he created man. He created us to require rest so that we could could further understand our dependence upon our Savior. And remember, these pastures that he leads us to, these places of rest, he has prepared for us before, ahead. In in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, I believe, it says that God goes before us. He, He is previous. He has spread the respite at the perfect intervals required for us. And sometimes we might look around at, you know, maybe our neighbor or our friend or the person on Instagram and think, wow, man, they must just have it easy. Look at all these green pastures that they get to go to. But one, uh, often we give the highlight reel. <laughs> you you talk to per- people on a more intimate level and you'll see it's not always green pastures. And again, this is a great place to enter in the saying, the grass is always greener on the other side, is it not? But the reality that the Lord for every person, he has a different story for our lives to tell. He has a different path for us. He has a different um, course for each of us to choose, to to follow in his way to bring him glory. Now it's all this road of sanctification. We've That ties all the way back to our Titus study from last year. At, from the point of salvation as a believer, we all walk this road of sanctification, which is becoming more and more like Christ. So that trajectory is the same. The goal is the same. The goal is Christ. The goal is Christ-likeness, Christ in me. That that in in the path is the same for all of us. But the nitty gritty of the road of how we get there 
it's going to look very different. Um, not all of you all are going to be called to Australia and go through the bumps along the way that we've had to or celebrate the joys along the way that we've been privileged to. Same for me. I won't live your story. Only you can live your story. But God has chosen each of us specifically in his sovereign wisdom to walk out the path that he has called us to. And as we follow the purpose that he has created us for, he provides these places of rest these green pastures at the perfect intervals for us, for our lives. And as we keep our eyes on the shepherd, we find peace. We find contentment. We find the rest that our souls crave. Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Whether you are in the lush fields, whether you are in the barren land, whether you are in the desert, that we can learn to be content. Why? How can we be content? Because the shepherd is always beside us. The shepherd is always with us. And he is always previous as well. He goes before us. God is not bound by time. God is not bound by the limitations that we are. God, we said earlier, God is not even bound by the limitations of rest. David says in the Psalms that he can slumber. He can rest in peace because of his Savior who never slumbers nor sleeps, who is always working on his behalf half. 1 Timothy 6 6 says that godliness with contentment is great gain. As we've looked at this passage, as we've talked about this peace and this contentment and just this finding rest that that we so desperately need that we were made for, um, that we can find in the shepherd. We can find what our soul yearns for, what it longs for, this rest, this contentment, this peace in our shepherd. So when you read that passage and it says, he maketh me lie down in green pastures, remember, maybe you'll have a little bit of a different mental picture here when you read this. And you remember that that word maketh, it ties us in to not... Um, not a, a negative weakness like, oh, I'm so bound by the limitations of humanity. No, but, but the beauty of his strength being so perfect in our weakness. This is not a negative thing. This is a beautiful, beautiful, positive thing that yes, I will have my limitations. And the reality is there's only so many things I can accomplish in a day. And the reality is more than likely I'm going to end every day and crash on my pillow because I do have limitations. But when I find rest in him, God gives the strength required to accomplish the things that he deems as important, that he deems as worthy And maybe we just need to realign our hearts with Christ and ask, okay, here's my to-do list. I am restless. Help me to find rest in thee. And I'm bringing my to-do list before you. And you're either going to have to show me that all of this is important and give me the strength to get it all done, enter into it with me and help me to, as Elizabeth Elliot said, just do the next thing. Or you're going to need to show me what is important and what is not. What do I need to eliminate? And what do I need to maybe prioritize over other things? But in all of it, the number one thing, not even the number one thing, God doesn't even deserve to be on a list. Superseding the list is our shepherd, is knowing our shepherd. Let me remind you what I said earlier. There is no substitute for the awareness that the shepherd is nearby. And you know, this. the truth is, 
The shepherd never moves. He is where he is. He is constant. He is unchanging. It is the sheep who are prone to wander. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. May we bring our hearts back to the nearness, to the close proximity to the shepherd. And may we find rest as we realize that he has made us to lie down in green pastures, to find the rest that we need to accomplish the purposes that he has created us for. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to fall more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.